Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there, you have tuned in to episode 17 of the Star Wars Archive, the Utenia Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Pudu out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxy in the Utiniverse. I have watched all Star Wars canon movies and TV shows, I have read 41 Star Wars books, and I own 15 of them. And I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline page over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and own over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. So, for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs. I'll do as little research as possible. Spoilers, I've done a ton this week. We could talk about anything Star Wars, legends, canon, books, comics, TV, video games, newspaper clippings, cereal boxes, who knows, and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour or so. And spoiler, I have done very little uh, <laughs> research. <laughs> but you do say that I do whatever research I need, and you said you were doing yes. a lot of research this yes. week. So it, it balances I felt out that I didn't need to do a lot. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, so this week we are joining the rest of the Utini team to cover Shadows of the Empire. Uh, this was a multimedia project uh, released by Lucasfilm in 1996, which included a novel, comic book series, video game, trading cards, soundtrack, and a toy line. And it depicted events between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Utini has been covering this project over at Cosmic Force, Legends Look Back, and Utini Game Nights. I anything else that I'm missing there? I, I think that's at least so far. That's uh, no. Those are the shows that have been just covering. Just three, it. and then uh, Living and, Force uh, are doing the War of the Bounty Hunters on Monday, which is what prompted this whole thing. So the latest Marvel right. crossover is what prompted this whole thing to begin with. So they'll be covering the latest crossover. We're covering one of the most iconic, right? And we're and you know we're here to deep dive into anything that any you know at least the shows before us have missed. So definitely go watch those shows, listen to them, and you'll get hopefully everything you need to know about Shadows of the Empire without having to read it. <laughs> if you listen to three hours of content with all of us talking about it. But I guess you should also read and, and check it out, right? Because uh, from the little research I have done, it seems like pretty interesting. There's a lot of interesting uh, plot points that happen. And uh, and the whole project is, I mean, I, it's a big undertaking. And it's so much similar to what High Republic is doing right now, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a few things that have come close. But I think the... The closest we've probably had is The Force Unleashed, where you had a book, a comic, and a video game. And it's it's the video game that kind of elevates it above a normal time yeah. project. 
and there's rumours of a High Republic video game, so we all live in wait. But this is one of those Star Wars movies that never was. There's there's only a couple of them. It's everything but the movie, and that's kind of how they marketed it at the time. Everything but the movie. But Cosmic Force talked about the comic. Uh, Legends Look Back talked about the novel. Listen, we're not going to reiterate the plot points of a book. That's already out there. Hopefully you've read it. You will get a lot more from this episode if you've read the book. We're going to go. This is probably going to be the deepest dive that we have ever, ever done. And I know there's times where me and Jose are talking where he doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. This episode, he hasn't read even read the book that we're going to go tangenting off. No. So this is going to no. be fun. You, I mean, you say it's going to be fun. I, I, we'll see how it is for me because I have no idea where this is going to go. So um, you're you're going to learn. A I lot I about purposely a lot of did things. not watch. Yeah, and I and I purposely avoided watching uh, Legends Look Back and Cosmic Force to come into this as blindly as possible. I and yes, I did do a little bit of research so that I at least knew what this was. but that's it i skimmed through the through the information and the history of it and and just to get a a basic idea so that i'm so yeah i'm not entirely blind but i but pretty much i'm yeah so trev i'm gonna rely on you to keep this show going (laughs) (laughs) so like uh, like i said we're uh when we're not gonna hit the plot points of a book we're gonna assume that you have a passing understanding of what happens within this story. If you don't, you might want to pause now. You might want to pause and go read the book. Go read the comic. Okay. Give me me an hour then because I'm going to pause now so that I can go do that. Or even better, even better, we're going to talk about (laughs) the events of a book in broad strokes. Listen to this episode, then go and read the book, stopping the book, to dive into all these other things we spoke we speak about and then come back to us and tell us how much of an enhanced experience that was. I <laughs> <laughs> see okay I can do that. I can Because <laughs> if not you would have to wait like a week at least for me to do all the reading and then come back prepared. Oh and the rest and the rest. So listen, I didn't even know where to start here. So I've kind of wanted to go in some sort of chronological order if that makes that sense. sense it it might make that sense w- make when sense. we get into it so the first thing i want to talk about and when i say first thing i'm going to s- talk about what we're talking about and then i'm going to take another tangent because that's what i do so you've heard yeah. me talk about the west end games stuff a lot right you would have heard me talk yes. about the source books the role playing modules all these sorts of things now a lot of the things I'm going to talk about today were released around the times of Shadows of the Empire. A lot of stuff came out afterwards. Once the characters have been established, their backstories have been established, they can be tied into. So one of the first things I want to talk about is an adventure module from West End Games called Secrets of a Sysar Run. Now, a lot of these source books don't have a lot of fiction in them. It's a little chapter here, a little paragraph there. But it's fiction nonetheless. But the events Mm -hmm. of the adventure modules can be taken as canon when it was Legends. 
So, so we're, we're talking, <laughs> like, it's a Legends book. Most of what we're going to talk about is Legends. So, yeah. But the continuity still existed. So, Secrets of a Sci-Star Run, it, it delved deeper into the activities of two of the Vigos for Black Sun. Now, Vigo isn't the guy from Ghostbusters 2. That's not the one I'm talking about. You know the one in the painting? His name was Vigo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no? Yeah, it was. That's, okay, that's, good. that's what I'm thinking about. Vigo, the, the huge painting that... Yeah, from Ghostbusters. That's, that's, that's him. That's We're not talking about also him. Also, Vigo Mortensen is the other, other Vigo I know. And him. We're not so talking about him Vigos. either. We're, so we're talking about Vigo. So if you've seen The Godfather, this is where Vigos come from. Because the, the Black Sun thing is essentially The Godfather. That's the whole point of it. But in mm. universe, an interesting fact about the word Vigo. So these are basically lieutenants for Black Sun. So Vigo is... Tianese for nephew. Okay? Tianese was the language that kind of existed in the galaxy before Galactic Republic became a thing. So before Basic became a thing, there was Tianese. Okay. Now, the only way Tianese still exists in modern, I say modern, you know, Star Wars times, <laughs> is through its use of letters as designations. So it's essentially Old Greek. Alpha, beta, it's essentially that. And the word Vigo means nephew, which is where the godfather aspect comes in. Got it. So, Secrets of a Sci-Star Run deals with the dealings of two Vigos of Black Sun. So, Sprax and Green, remember these names, they're going to be important. (laughs) And and the rivalry between them. Now, there's a couple of fictional vignettes in the Secrets of a Sci-Star Run sourcebook that talk about what's going on with Sprax and Green. And then there's a whole adventure module at the back split into four parts, and each part starts with a decent bit of fiction. You know, it's actual Mm -hmm. text. And that's all about how Vigo Green is trying to engineer the downfall of Sprax through the use of a fake list detailing members of the Black Sun, but involves the Empire, various mercenaries, bounty hunters... And Shizor, who we'll get to, and Guri, too. Now, I can't guarantee I'm going to say Shizor all the way through. For years, <laughs> I thought his name was Zizor. Until uh, okay. the internet came along and you actually see how people's names, or hear how people's names are pronounced. I literally pronounced yes. it wrong in my head for 10 years. So I can't guarantee I'm going to say Shizor forever. <laughs> anyway. Well, we'll see. So the, imp- the implication in this uh, Barani conspiracy adventure module is that the act of uh-huh. getting this fake list to try and take Sprax down is what costs Green very dearly in chapter four of the novel Shadows of the Empire, which we will get back to. <laughs> <laughs> However, the adventure module ends with Shizor calling for an assembly of his Vigos. This will be very familiar to anyone who's read the books. But the settings here is important. So, so, so Shizor and his Vigos. Yes. So he's got the. So Shizor is the head of Black Sun. He has nine Vigos or nephews. Two of them are doing all sorts of shenanigans against each other in the yeah. outer rim. Um, and that's what the this this yep. story is. She Shizor knows all about it because he knows everything. He's got to the bottom of it. He calls for all his Vigos to assemble so he can do what he sees fit. Okay. But the very closing part of this adventure module, 
this is going to get so weird. Shizor is asking Guri to set up this assembly of his Vigos. Now, this assembly will be familiar to people who've read the book. But when this conversation is happening, he is at the opera. Shizor's at the opera. Veda and Palpatine are at the opera. He's watching them from afar. You know, he's, he's got his eyes on Vader for a long time. We're yeah. going to come back to all of this. But the <laughs> performance that is being performed at the opera is called Da Verda Werda. Da Verda Werda. Okay. Da Verda Werda. Da Verda Werda. She's or Vigos and Da Verda Werda. I could be pronouncing this wrong. <laughs> but this, this piece will be familiar with a lot of people. Just all a tongue twister here. So, <laughs> Shadows of the Empire had a soundtrack. It was an actual soundtrack composed and yes. released for this, for this in for yes. this whole multimedia project. Not just music from a game, brand new Star Wars music composed by Joel McNeely, purely for this game. One of the tracks called "The Destruction of Shizor's Palace" started with a um a, a vocal choir which is the first time that a choir was used in a Star Wars piece of music. So years before Duel of the Fates, this was the first yeah. time that happened. So Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben Burt, who is the, you know, he's a legend within Star Wars sound design. He wrote this epic poem using an offspring of Germanic language for the guys to chant as a lead into this piece. That's become Daverda Werder. This massive oh. poem that is all about an ancient battle between the Tang and the Gels, who were the original inhabitants of Coruscant, millennia before the current Star Wars timeline. Oh. Now, that's taken on a life of its own in itself. It's been in that's amazing. the Republic Commando books and the game. It's been in the Clone Wars. It's been translated yeah. from basic to Mandoa or or back again i'm not really sure literally we could do an episode yeah. on this poem it's like um beowulf oh we totally it's like the should. ancient english poem <laughs> it's 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 that in star wars yes we should totally do that so many novels and books like this is one of those it's next week on star wars archives <laughs> we will be <laughs> we're gonna take a literacy <laughs> dive um but this is one of those things that starts off as some random words written down that has taken on a massive life of its own. And it's just absolutely nuts. And if I can figure out how to do it, I'm going to put a piece of that in here just for everyone to hear. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so listen, we're going to start as we mean to go on. That's what we're talking about here. These complete random facts that tie in. Yeah. But the main Shadows of the Empire story. So the comic actually starts before the novel. Luke and Leia still with a rebel fleet, Vader hunting them. So this is a graphic novel here. I'm going to be doing this a lot. Uh, page nine shows Vader receiving a transmission from the Empire, from the Emperor. Okay, mm -hmm. he gets caught. Emperor's on the big screen. So that gives me an excuse to start talking about two other comics that came out. It wasn't just the six-issue Dark Horse tie-in comics. There were a couple of really tiny comics, sort of envelope-sized comics, that were gave away with toys. So okay. one came from uh, Galoob, who were part of Hasbro, because obviously Hasbro's flipped between ownership of Kenner and stuff like that. Anyway, 
So they're referred to as the Gloob and the ERTL comics. One came with micro machines. One came with like the little Airfix comic kits, uh, model kits. Tiny little 14-page comics, mostly retellings of events from the book or the comic series, but also okay. with a couple of original panels here and there that when you slot it into the overall story, make complete sense. So such as the one from Galoob that has Vader practicing his saber skills with some dual androids, which is an uh-huh. event that happens in the book later on. He's got a lot of them. But he's actually practicing with these ones when the call from the Emperor that I just mentioned comes through. So you really can slot all these in together. Now, they've been reprinted just once, which is in the Dark Horse Omnibus Wild Space Volume 1. That's the only place you can find these suckers now, unless you buy the Omnibus. I used to have them, but I'm one of these, but I have so many books. If they get yeah. reprinted in something a bit more holdable, then I'm going to sell the originals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the real beauty of Shadows of the Empire. So it's not just this multimedia project, book, comics, video games. There's all these other things that you could literally pull apart, piece back together like a jigsaw as one <laughs> massive multimedia book, and it would work. And... Because I know you and what you do on your time off, then that's this is definitely right up your alley. Because you do like to, you are that kind of person that will put together that that puzzle. Um, I, I, right? I have done this. I have there got my go. own personal Shadows of the Empire expanded edition document. Sorry, listeners, this is personal use only. It's not for of sharing. Of course. But that's how I know. That all yeah. these panels can fit together. Sometimes it's just one line of dialogue that exists in yeah. only one medium. But there is nothing, nothing in anything I speak about in this episode that contradicts. Even with the variety of sources we're going to talk about, it's one of the tightest Star Wars projects that's ever existed. It's insane. I think there is one contradiction where a battle that we'll talk about later happens on the night side of a planet versus the day side of a planet in the comic oh. or video game. Yeah, so I mean it might just be a that's just it does I mean it doesn't really matter if it's one or the other to, to for the story. It's just uh in the video game that might have just been because artistic so actually see what's going on. Yes. Artistic <laughs> yeah, exactly. License. And then it's a little more dramatic in the novel because you know to be a nighttime because it's nighttime. Um and and comic book wise, and it was it would look cool if you went from one to the other, and that way you play with the colors there. So, exactly, it's just artistic license. The events themselves are like the same. But I don't want anyone to call me out if I'm wrong on any of that. <laughs> but still, we're gonna even before the novel starts, we're still talking about the comic. So the comic shows us an encounter between Boba Fett and IG88 above Tatooine. And this is similar to what's going on now in the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover. Everyone wants Han Solo because there's a massive bounty on his head. The event's also shown in the Galoob comic and in the Battle of the Bounty Hunters pop-up book. So it's the same event shown in three comics. Very little difference between them. But Slave Uh 1 takes damage and Boba has to delay delivering Han to Jabba. IG-88's ship is destroyed in this sequence, um, but the droid manages to get to the planet All Mantel, which we all know from that line in Empire Strikes Back and various other Legends appearances. Oh, and in Bad Batch last week, 
I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dash Rendar tracks him, and that's how he learns that Fett has gone to the Jar system. Now, you only find that out in the N64 game. And in the N64 game, Dash has to defeat RG-88 to get the information. We, yeah. we haven't even got to the book yet. <laughs> I just need to point this out. It's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of backstory. There's, there's a lot in various different sources. Yeah. And a lot more to come. Um, Question. So, okay. Yes. What was released first? Do you know? That's a really good question. I imagine they all came out <laughs> on the same day. I'm going to flick through. Uh, so May 96 for the book. And if I just go to the comic. 96? I could have sworn it was 95. Uh, 97 for the graphic novel, but it doesn't say when the single issues were released. So I guess that was 96 at the same time. It was all around the same yeah. time. I mean, I yeah, did... no, I'm just curious if like if if the novel came out first and then you get like the you know what happened leading up to that you know even if it was just like a month later. I, I think it was very just... much a pow. Here you go. Here's all. Of... I vividly yeah. remember um, buying the N64 console for the Shadows of the Empire game. That was my excuse yeah, to buy it. Of course you did. Um, of course you did. So before, I didn't buy it till September, and the reason I know that is because it was the year that I came back from. I spent a summer working in Greece. Um, I was one of those ah. annoying people on the door handing out cards to get people into the club. I did that for a summer. And when I came yes. home from that summer, the first thing I did was buy this N64. That's how I know it was September. So I, I was late to the curve. Um, yeah. But anyway, I digress. Where am I? <laughs> um, we're on to the book. We're actually going to talk about the book now. We're going to start All in right. chapter one of Shadows of the Empire. So it starts with Luke on Tatooine. And he's building a new lightsaber. So far, so good. It's following Ooh. the events of Empire Strikes Back. Um, the cutscenes of the video game are so based on the concept art for Return of a Jedi because there's a deleted scene in Return of a Jedi where he's in his cave on Tatooine and they've got the X-Wing and the Falcon part next to each other. So a lot of the cutscenes yeah. are based on that. Um, but this whole sequence of events is fleshed out even more in a young adult novel called The Life and Legend of Obi-Wan Kenobi by Ryder Windham. Now, Ryder Windham's written a ton of YA stuff, and it's all brilliant, Uh and he knows his stuff. He knows how to tie things in. So it's part of the biography series. They've released a few of them. There's a Luke one, there's a Vader one, there's a Maul one. They're all brilliant, because they literally tie in all these different aspects of Legends to make a cohesive story. But this book's about... Obi-Wan. Yeah, so, exactly. That's why I'm waiting so, for you to tie it in because so, I'm like, okay. So the frame story in here is Luke going to Tatooine before Shadows of the Empire and finding, go, going to Ben's old home, finding Ben's journal, mm-hmm. which gives not only gives him the instructions to build the lightsaber, but it's Ben's diary. So we'll get to a certain point and then you flash back to Ben's life yeah, and then so all the interludes are about Luke. The bulk of the story is about Obi Wan's Kenobi life, and it, it it ties in, you know, the the Jude you Watson know, Jedi Apprentice series and all the Clone Wars novels. That makes a lot of you know because you don't think about this when you're watching the movies, but yeah, how who taught? I mean, I guess Yoda could have taught Luke more or less how to build a lightsaber when he was in Dagobah because we didn't really see 
all of it. But we don't... No one was there to tell him how to do it unless Obi-Wan was just, like, force ghosting in and just being, okay, so now put the <laughs> over here, connect that cable to that. Because at least in the, in the sequel trilogy, when... Um, when Rey is doing her training, she has the books, right? She has like like those old Jedi texts yeah. and stuff that she got. For, so, so we know that she's like, she's reading all these books, but we don't see anything of that nature in the original trilogy. So, how did Luke become Luke? And this actually makes a lot of sense that he would go back to Obi Wan's hut and find, yeah, his diary or his books and stuff too, and then just maybe like learn more about. Jedi lore and, and the Jedi teachings and 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 Obi Wan's like own philosophy through this, but there is and how to build a lightsaber. There is a, a deleted scene from Return of a Jedi with Luke finishing that lightsaber. Yeah, and the the sound quality is really poor. You know, it's it's not a deleted scene like you get these days where they actually finish yeah, it and yeah, cut yeah. it out. It's like a half film scene. Um, so the you know the the basics of this story were always there and. The Shadows of the Empire book mentions that he's building it based on a journal, and this one just fleshes that out a lot more. And like I said, you can splice this stuff together, and it fits. It fits that's, perfectly, that's really and cool. it just beefs out that side of a story so much, so much better, because it really does dovetail perfectly with the first few chapters of his novel. Yeah. So now we're going to go to... The guy that we mentioned, we didn't give him a big introduction, but Dash Rendar, Mr. 90 shoulder pad himself. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a he's a stand-in for Han. It would have been discussed a million times on the other shows. He's the, the scoundrel that they couldn't have because the other one's locked in ice. Yeah. But before his formal introduction in the novel, the video game and the little Galoob comic I talked about shows Dash arriving on Gaal locating Slave 1 and passing that information on to Lando, which you then see in Chapter 2 of the book when Lando goes to Luke and goes, we found Han. Yeah. Let's crack on. And then a scene that only appears in the comic. Okay, this is going to be another another weird dive here. How, I mean, how are you going to choose a batshit crazy book of the week? I don't, it's like <laughs> everything you're telling me is so crazy oh, already. So Ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scene that only appears in the comic that shows vader sending the mercenary Jix to tatooine to capture luke because one of the big plot uh -huh. points of shadows of the empire is everyone wants luke skywalker vader wants him alive to bring to the dark and conquer the galaxy she's wants him dead to piss the emperor off to get rid of vader and it's all about schemes within schemes which is actually a she's all quote from one of the little vignettes that i keep talking about but anyway so we're talking about the mercenary Jix. now a, a short vignette from the shadows of the empire source book you're gonna hear me talk about this a ton and when uh -huh. I, let me explain what vignette is first of all because i use this word a lot it's fiction within a source book so a lot of these are role-playing source books so a lot of it's stats histories biographies facts the vignettes of fiction sometimes they'll just be a little sidebar a paragraph sometimes they'll be a full yeah. two pages but it's actual fiction it, it's text it's it's short stories so that's what we're talking yeah. about here. some are shorter than others but there's a vignette in this that follows 
that scene in the comics where Vader is telling Jix to go to Tatooine to make sure Luke is captured alive. Yeah. But once Jix leaves the scene, Vader then instructs his Nogri, the guys from the Thrawn trilogy. They're mm-hmm. so underused in Legends. They were introduced, and um, there's this whole backstory about Vader's got this little whole army of nasty, angry hobbits to help him. And um, they've rarely used again, apart from later in the timeline, as protectors of, um, what do they call her? The Mali Rush, uh, Lady Vader. That's what we call her in Legends when she reveals the deception to the Nogri have it been kept in servitude. Um, but they're very rarely used as part of Vader's story. So it's really yeah. nice to see that happen. It's really nice to see this. Anyway, he's sending one of them to Tatooine to basically say, if Jix fails, then you need to step in. And if it means you kill some of Jabba's guys, because Sheezer has asked Jabba to kill Skywalker. So if you need to, if Jix fails, you either need to kill whoever you need to. Anyway, Skywalker lives. That's the bottom line of it. <laughs> But it's really, it's really cool to see the Nogri involved in this story. Yeah, for sure. But now I want to talk about Jix a bit more. I, I can see Jose okay. looking at me like, where the hell are we going with this? So Jix is a character that was introduced in the comic-only story of Shadows of the Empire. Now, he also okay. appears in a Dark Horse one-shot comic called Shadowstalker where he's again doing Vader's bidding. He's a mercenary who, you know, either um, is scared of Vader or Vader owes him either way. We also learn that Jix once saved Vader from an explosion meant to kill him on the planet Aridus. Now, this references an old LA Times newspaper strip. You've heard me talk about these before, the ones that were in the 70s or on a Sunday where Vader found mm-hmm. an actor called to impersonate Ben Kenobi in order to lure and trap Luke on a planet. So the events of that story are the ones that the story of Shadowstalker references at the beginning. Got it. Shadowstalker also serves as a prequel to another later newspaper story strip called Ice World, involving a l- young lady called Freja. Now, Freja is present in the Shadowstalk story as the daughter of an imperial senator, uh, not an imperial governor. But in the Ice mm-hmm. story from a newspaper comics, she turns out to be a droid, just like Guri in Shadows of the Empire. So, like a human replica droid, a droid you wouldn't know was a droid unless you cut him in half. You know, you cannot tell the difference. Whether they come from the same design or not is unknown. Although another one of the vignettes from a source book that I keep referencing shows us Guri being activated and her murdering her creator at Shizor's request because he paid $9 billion for this droid. He doesn't... Or credits, sorry. $9 billion credits. Wow. He doesn't want the creator to be able to make another one. Although it turns yeah. out the creator spent those $9 billion credits on creating another one that looked like him... So he could fake his own death because he knew what was coming. Of course, because it's Star Wars and that's what... Uh, exactly. You have to have people keep coming back up. <laughs> now, now, these are pretty obscure stories. So Shadowstalker, the Dark Horse one-shot, it's only been reprinted once, which is in the Dark Horse Omnibus Early Victories edition. And then Ice World. So it's been it's one of the classic Star Wars series. It's had a couple of older 
releases. But most recently, it's in um, Legends Epic Collection, the newspaper strips, volume two. Are you with me so far? I've <laughs> sort of, yeah. So in chapter two of a book, let's just remind what we're only in chapter that two. That was just of a chapter book. one. <laughs> we're, you already talked we're, about like ten different books. We're, we're not gonna go through every chapter. We'll skip a lot. <laughs> but in chapter two of a book, we learn that yeah. Shizor's family was killed ten years prior in an accident on his home planet of Feline. Uh-huh. So it turns out Vader was in charge of a biological and weapon being researched there. There we go. And That's the tie-in. Yep. It it escaped. Well, besides the opera. Yeah. It it escaped and uh, his, his family was killed. Now, yeah. back to the source book, there's two vignettes in that. So one of them has the story of Vader above the planet in a Star Destroyer, realizing what's going on, having to... Um, put into effect or, or um, give the order for the orbital bombardment. And, you know, we have mm -hmm. to destroy this much of a planet because otherwise we're going to lose the entire planet. Um, and then there's another one of King Haxim, which is Shizor's father. He okay. He knows what's going on. He's sat in his garden. There's a, a comment about um, how Shizor is off essentially gallivanting. It, it, there's a I can't remember the exact phrase, but his Shizor's adventures with Black Sun is almost like a dalliance. It's, oh, kids to be in kids thing. It's, it's really funny. So Shizor is <coughs> a legit prince. Yeah, he's an actual prince, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if that was like a title he gave himself as, you know, because he was like the leader of the Black Sun or something, but he is like a legit prince. Yep, comes from actual Feline royalty. Got it. Got uh, it. But King Hugsim is in his garden. He knows what's happened. He's accepting his own death as he watches the Star Destroyers begin their orbital bombardment. So the source yeah. book is really good at just giving a bit of context to these scenes that happen in the book. And, you know, this ha like I said, this happened 10 years before the book. So yeah, if you were reading in chronological order like a madman, because I would never do that. Um, by the time you got to this book, you'd have forgotten those events. But they're really good to read in at the yeah. same time and kind of give it some a bit more context but even earlier in the timeline so back after the release of revenge of the sith episode three there was a uh, a webcomic series that was released on the official site uh called excuse me uh called evasive action and in one of these now that you can't find them anymore they're not available which is a crying shame because they're some of the most eu tie-in heavy comics that have ever been released a ton of them written by pablo hidalgo which says it all yeah but in these you see captain jizel desperate oh. to complete his promotion to vigo so he's not at the high levels of black sun at this point and we're we're after order 66 so we're in the early galactic republic so Shizor is blackmailing Atinis Tremaine, who was a Jedi, but after being corrupted by Vader, is now one of the first Inquisitors. And this is Legends. Tremaine started as a West End Games role-playing character. He had a load of short stories. Yes. Eventually, he came into this comic. So Shizor is blackmailing Tremaine 
for information on Vader. So this ties into exactly what Shadows of the Empire tells us. And it's not even that Vader, uh, Shizor has a grudge against Vader for the whole death of his family. It's more that Vader yeah. stands in Shizor's way of absolute power. He wants to be Palp's right-hand man. And Vader's yeah, just standing wants, in his way. He wants to get he wants to be the Vader, basically. Yeah. He wants to replace Vader as a So we Yeah. The whole Okay, you killed my family. It's, it's kind of an excuse. That's it it you know I mean it's fuel. I'm, it's fuel, right? I mean, because I wait, how how young was he when, when this happened? Uh I, ooh, no, that's a question. Well so let me see. He's still he's a fully grown adult in the evasive action strip so that's 19 years before um battle of yavin so let's call him let's call him 25 as an arbitrary age because he's young and hungry for power and wanting to be a vigo so he's gonna be you know 45 50 in shadows of the empire at a guess wait so so his whole family is killed when he was in his 20s is what you're saying yeah um uh... Okay, then he was already like an adult. So I was going to yeah, say, because exactly. if he was like a young kid, then obviously then that that would play a part into how he develops as a as a human being. And then that will fuel that like want for power and all that kind of stuff. So there could be a lot of interplay in there. But if he was already 25, I mean, I'm not saying that. Plus also you know, he's the a... The death of your family doesn't fuel your, your want for power, but he already was... A certain way and you know and I, I don't think that you could say that you know the whole nature versus nurture thing here but you also get that whole he... anthropomorphizing of star wars uh -huh. species you know like bottoms are horses um yeah you know uh celestins are frogs or something anyway felina snakes that's the whole point of him so he's cold-blooded ah. meaning you know his emotions are not going to run high very calculated that's how his right, character is right. portrayed so it isn't about you kill my family. It's more like you're in my way. I, I want to see yeah. at the top table. That's that's all that he's about. Got it. Still but there. then this webcomic set, you know, 19 years before A New Hope even includes Bausch, the bounty hunter whose disguise Leia is wearing during Return yeah. of the Jedi. And we're going to get to that later too. And a Twi'lek <laughs> called Lone. He's in this webcomic from... 19 years BBY, who is later on in this book one of Black Sun's Vigos at Shizor's Bears. He's one of the nine Vigos. So again, the continuity goes a long way back with this book. Yeah, yeah. If you're willing to dive deep. <laughs> I mean, people that are listening to this are willing to do it. That is why they're listening to us. So. Yes, there's a lot. Um, so, <laughs> right at the top of the show. I talked about this sequence of a size I run from West End Games with the rivalry between Vigos, Sprax, and Green. Chapter four of this book is the meeting of the Vigos that we talked about. Ah. has invited them all to the table. Get all of them back from where, whatever part of the galaxy you're in. I want to meet you. Got it. And there's two vignettes in the source book that precede this. One of them which, which is actually one of the longest vignettes in the source book and the most pointless. It's a whole page of Vigo Lone, the Twi'let we just talked about, getting dressed. That's it. He <laughs> tells you about every ring he puts on and the history. 
every marking he puts in his puts in his head tails, oh, what sash he puts uh-huh. on. I don't say this often, but it's not recommended reading. It's it's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a whole page of watching someone get dressed. <laughs> but then the next one goes round the room, and you they're all stood outside. We're basically all stood outside the meeting chamber, and we're all kind of looking yeah. at each other. No one's trusting each other. And you get a little bit from everyone's point of view about they're only called back for one thing was a traitor. They know this. So they're all kind of yeah. eyeing each other up. And I've just realized one of the things I haven't got in my notes is that one of the one of Sheezel's Vigos is Durga the Hut. I've not even mentioned Durga. So Durga's yeah, got a long a Vigo. Absolutely. And Durga's got a long expanded universe history themselves. They were in the Han Solo trilogy from A.C. Crispin. They're, uh, they're in the yeah. Kevin and Jay Anderson Darksaber book as the owner of the most <laughs> useless super weapon of all time. Um, <laughs> crap, I can't believe I even forgot that. But anyway, I managed to get yeah. that in there. <laughs> there you go. No, but... So, because the huts are a crime family themselves, but then this one hut is with the Black Sun? Ab- absolutely. Guess? And whether... I'm struggling to remember details here now, but whether that's a case of, okay, we need to make sure that we have a presence at that table yeah, in order to avoid conflict between the Hutt clans and Black Sun. Yeah. Or whether they're, an out, they're not an outcast from the Hutt clans because you've got that history in the AC Crispin trilogy. So yeah. I'm going to uh... go with that. Have you, have you watched um, Fargo, the TV series? I haven't, no. Because, uh, like, in season four, um, this is not a spoiler or anything if you ever do want to watch it, but one of the big things in there is that um, there's all these different crime families uh, in Fargo. So you have, like, the Italians, you have the Irish, um, and they, uh, and then the African-Americans. And they trade, in order to kind of, like, have peace in the town, they trade their children. So then you have the Irish son being raised by the Italian family. So they kind of just like trade their, I don't know if it's their firstborn son or something, but then they are raised within the other crime families, like, you know, lifestyle. And then that is how they're all able to maintain a quote unquote peace and like truce amongst them. Which takes so us back to the Godfather their... mafia theme of, yeah. of what the book was trying to, I'm sure they didn't think that yeah. when they put Durga the Hutt in. I thought they just thought it was cool to have a hut. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it kind of like just makes me think of that. That it's like you, you do need a presence in there in order for them to kind of like respect each other. I mean, or because they don't trust each other, they all need to be at each other's tables. Yeah. For, so they can kind of like spy on each other at the same rate or something. <laughs> and that, that that's probably true to an extent with the hut cartel. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a hut would be really hard to infiltrate into anyone else. <laughs> They're pretty noticeable. Therefore, you kind of have to be like, yo, let's just, let's come into some sort of agreement in here. So I you can have a black sun. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, Timothy put a comment in our Slack today about how we should do an episode on the huts. I uh, saw that, yeah. And I love that idea. I definitely think okay. we should do that. There's a lot. There's a lot to do there. Yeah. Especially sure. Durga and his that. useless super weapon, because that's an episode in itself. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about what this is. It's it's the Darksaber. The original Darksaber. Oh. 
Okay. So not the Darksaber that you know from Rebels of Mandalore. There's the, another Darksaber. The original Darksaber was Durga the Hutt basically using Death Star tech to put the Death Star laser in a, uh-huh. in a ship. So that looked like a lightsaber. So a lightsaber-shaped yeah. ship that had Death Star tech. Except it was useless because nobody wanted to do the job properly and he did it on the cheap and it blew up. <laughs> That's the entire <laughs> story of the Darksaber book. You no longer need to read it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, Shadows of the Empire. Uh, chapter six now. Yeah. So I told you we'd skip chapters. Chapter six, we finally meet Dash Render and his droid Lebo. Uh-huh. So created as a stand-in for Han. He's had very few appearances in Legends outside of this multimedia event. There's a short story called And Lebo Makes Three, which is about Lebo joining Dash Rendard's crew. Published in Insider Magazine. That's one of the stories that's been recently collected in the Insider Fiction Collection Volume 1 that me and Jared have been raving about for months. Um, yeah. And eventually he got his own starring role in his own Legends novel called Shadow Games, which is about him getting tied into protecting some... Um, actress, some hollow star. It's a really fun, fun, pulpy Star Wars adventure of little consequence, but a really fun adventure ride. But that was released in 2011. So like, what, 15, 16, 17 years after he got introduced, he finally got his own book. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. That's that's all he appeared in Legends. And he's also been recanonized. He exists in canon. Oh, does he? There's a, a junior tie-in book to the solo movie by Jason Fry called Tales from Vandor. Okay. Where the the whole book of uh, the whole frame story of that is the barman uh, called Midnight on the planet Vandor, which is the snowy planet from uh, from Solo with a big banter skull up the stairs where they play yeah. Sabacc. Yeah. So it's the barman from there. Says about some loudmouth star jockey called Rendar who goes in there shooting his mouth off every now and again. So he's been somewhat recanonized. So okay, okay, he's all good. He's he's back in the game. We're going to see Shadows of the Empire reboot very soon. No, we're not. So I'm we're, we're here, here's hoping to a Shadows of the Empire Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. I mean, maybe. I mean, I I think that. There might be like a Black Sun. I mean, that would be cool if they did go into like a you know Godfather version of of uh, in in Star Wars, and they just went really into just Black Sun or, or one of the other crime families, and they could then that way bring in some of the elements from Shadows of the Empire. I mean, Black Sun exists. Black Sun exists in yeah. canon. They've, they've but been... do a whole movie of that. Yeah, because what it doesn't more decimate Black Sun does is that how Crimson Dawn comes about. I'm a bit. If he were Black Sun's story in canon, um, but even even that. in Legends, the if we this one in the show notes either. Uh, if we go back to the Obi Wan Xbox video game that is set place before Phantom Menace, that actually uh-huh. talks about um, the leadership of Black Sun all being destroyed, all being defeated, and it takes Black yeah. Sun decades to work back from that. Which is why there's such a a mythical organization in the present Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi Age. You know, they are treated as a myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one believes that they're actually a thing. 
is because there was almost a public downfall of the organization decades before. Yeah, so you start the movie with that. That's sort of like you you start with the downfall, cut to black, show the title of the movie, and then now they're oper- operating in the shadows of the Empire, right? So now... <laughs> Jeez, I've never twigged that. I, I just thought it was a cool title. That's that's no. genius. There is, yes. That's, that's mind-blowing so, right there. I, and then and then that's how they start operating and that's the movie itself so you don't really have to get into luke making his lightsaber or anything like that I mean, you could that you would know, maybe work have... that would work except for the fact that palpatine is well aware who Jesus is he's he's in under no illusions he's playing them both off against each other for the entire yeah, so... book and Palpatine had, keeps coming back anyway, so we can have him in the movie. <laughs> like he's 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 a dude in a hood, like it's and a lot of makeup, so anyone can play him. So, um, yeah, I think the movie can happen. <laughs> okay, chapter six, we were discussing, I think. <laughs> yes, so we we were with Dash. Now we're going on chapter seven, and there's a big battle. Chapter be- seven, big battle between Rogue Squadrons and the Imperials. So this is all yeah. about getting. Uh, Trying to trying to get to Boba Fett, trying to rescue Han. Now this yeah. battle really does need reading the book, the comic, and the ERTL mini comic to experience the whole thing from all angles. But yes. we also learn of Dash's family history. So his history is that his family, his family owned a massive uh, trading company, and they were killed when. Uh, a ship went into a skyscraper or something, I believe. Something like that. Okay. But another vignette from a source book reveals Black Sun's involvement in this, specifically v- Vigo Sprax, but also because Zizor Transport Corporation, because, uh, sorry, Gizor, operates behind a legitimate <laughs> front. You know, Gizor Transport Corporation in itself is a galactic-wide legitimate corporation. He's not poor. Um, yeah. But they wanted to uh, discredit the Renz Trans Corporation, which was Dash Rendar's transportation corporation, or his family's... Okay. His family toilage business. <laughs> so essentially, his family died through Black Sun's involvement. He's not aware of that. It, it was a tragic accident. Yeah, but Blackson were also behind that, all the same. There's also a whole subplot going on at the same time that uh, Boba Fett is on uh, the planet Gal, where they're trying to get them back from, with him fending off against other bounty hunters, Zuckus, Fallon, some weird pointy-eared fox guy that was invented for the comics, who I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of. But that only exists in the comic. That subplot. So you really do have to read everything okay. to get the whole picture here. I mean, they also just seem to... <laughs> they wanted to really make sure that everything was justified. They're like, okay, so why does Shizor want to do this? Okay, so Vader killed his family and he wants to be have the power. Okay, what else? Like, how is Dash involved in this? Well, Shizor's family also <laughs> was in the, in the transportation, you know, this business, and they had there was a whole thing between their families. So let's that's how that's how that fits in. 
And what, so it's, and then let's also bring in the whole like bounty hunter aspect to it. So yeah, that is Dash. That's how he's involved in this too. So that's how. It's just like every single angle, they're like, yeah, it's all connected. Like, trust us. They, <laughs> they like, literally did throw everything at the wall to see what stuck. They really yeah. did. Next thing you're going to tell me, Shizor falls in love with Leia. And then there's a whole sort of thing in there, too. We're, we're not going to talk about that. Plenty of people have <laughs> talked about that already. We're, we're... So wait, is that a thing? Oh, dear. Is there a love triangle thing too happening? Because that that the romantic aspect seems to we have the mafia, we have the political intrigue, we have like the the sort of like enterprise thing. Okay, like business listeners, I'm I'm very sorry. I I I was going to avoid this um, because it's been discussed to death, but Jose doesn't know, so I'm going to have to explain it to him. So one of the you things don't have with, to get too much into it. I'm just one of the things with Feline is that they can exude really strong pheromones that can affect people's thoughts (laughs) and leia arranges a meeting with black sun in order to help find out where hana's gone because obviously black sun have got criminal ties and all of this sort of stuff yeah so there's a whole meeting arranged we're gonna get to this meeting there's a lot of stuff to go into that but we're gonna get to this meeting yeah 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 where he uses his pheromones on her and she is essentially succumbing to his devious wiles against her better judgment she knows that she shouldn't uh-huh. be doing she's in love with ham why am i doing what i'm doing it's creepy it's problematic it's it's everything masculinity orientated yeah from the yeah. guy's point of view she's powerless to resist until chewie oh, knocks on the door and she snaps out of it it's not great but yeah they should they should if if they do make a movie, they could gender swap Shizor, and he could. I mean, she can do, then be like a poison ivy within Star Wars and with the pheromones thing. And Star Wars has always shied away from any sort of uh, overtly sexual scenes or anything like that. You know, even in yeah. banter or whatever. This one was full on. Listen, at the end of the day, she came to her senses and she gave him a proper neomabolics. So, as far okay. as I'm concerned, she won. <laughs> yes. But the yeah. rest of it, it's ropey. Okay. Anyway, where were we? Uh, chapter 7. Chapter 11. <laughs> I told you I was going to bang around. Oh. We're up to ch- chapter 11 now. Yeah. So, she's always playing his little manipulations. He wants the ta- uh, chair of a big table. So, he tips Vader off about a possible rebel hideout in the Vegeso Asteroids. This is important. Okay. This takes us into the X-Wing Alliance video game. If you remember when we had Andrew on the show, this is his favorite video game of all time. Right, right. Yes, I do remember. There's a ton of levels in this video game that tie into the storyline of the Shadows of the Empire book. A ton of them. So it starts off with the Vegeso Asteroids. It references that Shizor transportation has been used to ship large amounts of resources for the Imperials, as well as characters Mm -hmm. from that game being present on the Vegeso asteroids before the attack that takes place. And this attack takes place across the book and the comics and then that video game. And now we're going to jump to chapter 13. And I'm bouncing through this now. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 13, Luke's on Tatooine. Jabba wants mm-hmm. him dead because Shizor has got to Jabba and said, I want him dead. 
but you can't know whether Yoda came through me. Vader wants him alive. So Luke's attacked yeah. by a swoop gang. The comic shows us Jix having infiltrated the swoop gang and sabotaging the attack on Luke. In the N64 game, sorry, I keep saying N64 game. It was on PC as well. In the video game. <laughs> I only had the, the N64. Uh, in the video game, you play as Dash. So Dash is attacking the swoop gang, helping to destroy the other swoop, bi- swoop bikers. Yeah. Uh, following that attack... Luke safe. There's a message prod from a bottom spy net that manages to find them because they couldn't find Leia. We're all the way up to chapter 18 now. Because following that information, Luke and Dash are sent, uh, they intercept the Freighter, Freighter Sporosa to obtain an Imperial s- supercomputer that has vital information on it. This is a massive plot point of the book. So the information okay. was sent to Leia. Botham Spinet's got this. It takes place across all mediums. It's this mission that's referred to in the many Bothans died to bring us this information line from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's a playable level in the N64 PC video game and X-Wing Alliance from various point of views. The source book has a couple of vignettes that tie in to the later attack on the safe house that the computer gets transferred to. Uh, in the comic, you only see this battle from the point of view of Palpatine, who planned the whole thing to go as he wants. Yeah. And he's watching it with She's All going, I th- yeah, I think we fought hard enough. Yeah, we gave him, we gave enough resistance to make them think the information was valuable. Um, yeah. Later on, uh, there's another vignette that sees one of the Bothans who escaped the safe house being stunned by another Bothan and hints at political intrigue and Borsk failure me- is mentioned who's again I know you're not a massive Legends fan but this guy uh, or massively read Legends person I'm sorry I chose my words poorly but Borsk failure eventually ended up as chief of state of the Galact- uh, the New Republic but back then there's political intrigue within the spy network it was more interested in the fact that his faction got credit for getting this information none of this is yeah. in the book this is all from outside sources regarding this. I'm going to jump now. Chapter 24. I've taken a Ooh, big jump big here jump. because there's a lot That's of a chapters that deal with the same thing. Yeah. So in chapter 24, this is when Leia's trying to uh, make her way to Black Sun, but we spoke about earlier. So she yeah. visits uh, a gardener who's a... Wait, wait. Yes. Question. Yes. Um... Since you're jumping chapter to chapter, right? Yes. Um, all right. It's is the novel. I mean, I you started with the West End games as chronologically the thing that first happens, right? Because yep. it's more of a backstory of the Vigos and all that. Um, does the novel itself basically like contain the most, like the through line that connects like everything kind of connects more into the novel? The novel so is a self-contained story. Yes. Yeah, um, and then everything else ties into it more so yes. than like. So you would okay. you wouldn't get you get the complete story from reading the novel. You wouldn't get okay. the complete story from just reading the comic or playing the video. Got it. You enhance okay. the story by reading. It. So, for Got example, it. in the comic, the most substantial stuff is the Boba Fett stuff. Yeah, but it's not yeah. in the book. But They're the more sort of like about, points. Yeah, the story's not about Boba Fett. 
the yeah, stories yeah, about yeah, yeah. Shizor and Black Sun. Um, or the video game being, I, I assume that you're playing as Dash yes. Rendar. So you see things. So from then that's his... more about like his point of view. Yes. Got it. So okay, so like it makes sense for you to, as you're telling this, like you're you know you're referencing the chapters from the novel because that's sort of like the main sort of like timeline and then you're just tying in yeah. all this extra content and tie you know tie in video games and all and so all that was one of the things on um on the cosmic force is that obviously they were focusing on the comic and a lot of those guys had never read any of it so they read the comic yeah. and they were like yeah but it only kind of half makes sense you know this character yeah. like that's popped up and they're like well who the hell's this guy because there's got no it, context for it. it. Um, got it. So the book is definitely the essential part of this journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in, in the 90s, you could, you could almost imagine if they did it now, that the video game would be the essential story. The book and the comics would be the tie-in to the video game. Because the mediums come on a lot more. You could do a lot more with a video Probably, game now. Yeah, you, could you can 96. tell a much more complete story. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But back then, the book was the thing and everything tied in to that. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, I mean, just even, even, I mean, with high, Re- going back to high Republic right now that, um, all the books, I mean, we have multiple books too. So they're all telling different parts of the same, of the story as well. And then you have the comic books also telling the, I mean, the comic books in high Republic seem to still just be more tie-ins to me than the main, like, than the main adult novels. Cause even the YA ones feel more, side story why like con- you know they're more side story than than the adult ones but i think you're gonna High get Republic. that in any sort of multimedia project is that right for, with the best will in the world you have to choose a platform that your biggest plot points right are going to come right um makes sense and if you're including everything i think yeah, bottom line is it's always going to be the adult novels it, it just yeah it, that's that's, that's where core. you can explore more yeah. Of you know the the psychology or whatever behind the characters, you can go you know to you know different tones that you maybe wouldn't hit as a as a YA novel. Even though I mean we we know there's a lot of really great Star Wars YA novels. Oh, absolutely. But um, so we're not <laughs> saying that they're not that they're not as deep or anything like that. But I guess as an adult novel, they're a you know they could go into some territory that they wouldn't really cross over in a YA novel. So that makes sense that that would be the, the main uh, story in a, in a project like this. And that's another thing I, I haven't mentioned is that Shadows of the Empire actually got its own junior novelization. You know, that's something reserved right. for the movies. Yeah. So it, yeah. it had a, it had a proper adult novel and then a yeah. junior one because it, like I said at the top of the show, it was a movie without the movie. Everything they could yeah. possibly make for this, yeah. they made. Yeah. You know, the only thing they didn't make was beer mats and, you know, T-shirts. <laughs> Although they probably were T-shirts. They're probably T-shirts. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because I, I remember that, it, I mean, one of the, how it all started was that. It was like, they're, well, you have all the rights to all these, like, different multimedia products, so you might as well do it without having to create a movie. Yeah, absolutely. You take advantage of, of all your toy lines and all this stuff. Like, why not? So it was and even if almost kind of like a dare. Like, if can you, look you even on YouTube, make it this happen? You can look on YouTube, and there's so many people who've done their own, you know, computer graphics to try and make it a movie or audio dub, uh, dub the oh, audio book onto it. But there's tons of stuff out there. Yeah. So back to the book. So... <laughs> The last thing I spoke about was chapter 18, right? 
18, 22. I don't know. You were in. <laughs> we were going to chapter 24. That's where we are now. 24. Yes. So in chapter 24, we see an Imperial attack on the planet Cothless 2. Because Palpatine has sent Vader to show how important this information is by trying to get it back. Even though yeah. he actually wants the Alliance to have it. In case, in case I haven't made this clear, this data is the Death Star 2 plans. That's what this whole data is. Palpatine wants the Alliance to have it, but he doesn't want them to realize that he doesn't want them to have it. Wait, Palpatine wants the, the rebels to have it? It's a trap! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we just did the act for episode, of course! <laughs> a goddamn trap <laughs> so but he asked him wait hold on hold on hold on hold on who is ship is it shizor that's uh has the company transporting like or shipping the components via uh to the death star via too? a front company yep um because but it's shizor because uh it's it's in a freighter full of fertilizer now a really interesting fact is that um Luke goes to attack the freighter, or not attack the freighter. They're like, listen, you need to pull over. We're boarding. Um, the N64 yeah. game shows Dash Rendar attacking it. X-Wing Alliance shows um, Ace Azamin working with the Alliance as part of this mission. And then the X-Wing yeah. Alliance game guide, which I spoke about before, which has the droid narrating after the thing. thing uh, the droid says, Ace never shuts up about this mission because he got to fly with Luke Skywalker. But the X-Wing Alliance games use the same dialogue from the book. And they're like, wait, just transporting fertilizer. What do you guys want for it? And Luke says something like, maybe we've got a big garden. And it's, it's a brilliant line. But that, just, that line's in the same media in, in all these different uh. versions of the story. And it's, it's great. Um, I kind of like that the farm boy from a sand planet... <laughs> saying that he has a big garden <laughs> like there's something kind of like poetic about that can you too. imagine the mission <laughs> briefing the mission briefing uh what's fertilizer <laughs> <laughs> well he's a great swimmer remember this so he's uh, he's uh, he's yes. aware of yes. all these things that are not common in his planet great swimmer knows all about fertilizer and like and gardening but there's another vignette from a source book called hasty exit which has got one of my favorites who I've spoke about a lot on this show. Plato Keefe, the female sprugler from uh, Brental, and her partner in crime, uh, Trueb, the Tru Twi'lek. Now, it doesn't relate to the events of the book at all, but no. they're on Cothless when they see the Imperials turning up and they're like, we've got to get the hell out of Dodge. Something bad's going on here. But okay. the events of this mission are fleshed out even further... In another video game, uh, Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader for the Xbox, okay. uh, for the GameCube. Which the GameCube. bounces all over the timeline, but this one event is a level in that video game. Interesting. So let's break this down, just this one scene from the book. It's in uh -huh. the book. It's in the comic. It's in X-Wing Alliance. There's a vignette from Shadow of the Empire Sourcebook. It's in Rogue Squadron 2, yeah. Rogue Leader. Yeah. It's a trap. That that's how much this is this all ties in. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always those taglines for certain movies, like if 
if you've only read the book, you've never known the whole story or something along those lines. Yeah. This, this has never been truer than this multimedia event. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also other vignettes in the source book. So uh, Leia and Chewie have to disguise themselves to get to Coruscant for this meeting with Shizor. Leia disguises herself as Bausch, who we spoke about, the bounty hunter costume that she's wearing in Return of Jedi. Uh, Chewie has to disguise himself as Snoover, the Wookiee bounty hunter, who is the only action figure I have. But I can't even... The only action figure? I, I, I see three things up there to the right of uh, the mall head. I know, that's, that's my Disney Infinity infinity characters they're different okay. because i've got a full okay. set it was the only thing i could ever get a full set of because they discontinued it <laughs> so snoover is a shaved mullet cut eye patch bounty hunter oh he's awesome and he's all dyed and there's scenes about how chewie hates having his hair dyed and having his hair cut but there's vignettes in there but show them being kind of taken out of action so yeah Bausch is killed snoover's kind of uh tranked and locked up just for the duration of a book just so you know we just need you out of the picture in fact the vignette's yeah, 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 out yeah. of the picture so there's a couple of more things to give a bit of context to go on and believe it or not there's not actually that much else to talk about the rest of the story plays out between the book and the comic and video game there's a very uh -huh. short vignette showing Wedge and Rogue Squadron just waiting for Luke's call before the final battle. Uh, the N64 level shows Dash planting bombs in Shizor's palace. There's the fact that Dash survive in the whole encounter is only shown in the video game. He then shows up later yeah. in uh, Shadows of the Emperor Evolution. But if we were going to talk about the follow-up comic strip, we'd have been here for another hour. Um and finally, we're going to go back to the Battle of a Bounty Hunter's pop-up book that I spoke about right at the very beginning. So that talks about Bobber and IG-88 and him diverting. It then shows us Bobber delivering Han to Jabba's palace, which you also see in the comic series too. But in the pop-up book, yeah. you see Boba Fett fighting a crate dragon. And what else ties us back into our earliest episodes than that? Yep, yep. But then one final book I want to talk about before we get onto Batshit Crazy is the fact that uh -huh. this whole multimedia project got its own behind-the-scenes book, Secrets of the Shadows of the Whoa. Empire. So never mind the okay. toys and the reference cards and the books and the comics and the action figures and the giveaway comics and the source books and the video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. The actual real-world narrative of this event got its own book. that's awesome that's really cool that's really cool it it was a huge huge event if you think back i mean that's a, that looks like a thick book too it, right it, it's like a that was thick it's a thick yeah, book. yeah. that's intense and it, that's interesting that's super interesting it's also very 90s isn't it especially when um i don't know if you remember like the marvel comics of the days they were all about those crossover events that was the big thing yeah right? let's sell a million I mean, different yeah. variant covers and tie in all these different series and it was star wars trying to get in on that but they had one yeah. they had one comics line they had you know a book series and this this is way better for me the amount of 
law that comes in case it's not been obvious to anyone who listens to any of our stuff i live for this stuff this is yeah this is how you build a history of a fictional universe yeah 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 and yeah i I think we've gone as deep as we can possibly possibly go on this one and do you with one exception yes I mean, well, I don't know. Say what you were going to say. I was just going to say, do you feel like you know the story a bit better now? Considering you hadn't read the I, story. I, I I think so. I mean, it's definitely, um, it's piqued my interest. Um, there were, uh, from, from when I was doing, yeah, when I was like skimming through the material just to kind of get a, a base idea of what it was, there was, uh, there was one plot element that, um, I don't know how big it is within all the different stories, but it, it sounded really interesting to me and how it starts to tie into the movies themselves, which was um, they, I, I, it's there's a scene, I guess, um, or a point in the story where you have Vader naked in his room and he's trying to heal himself. And Big Jared put you up to I this. Guess he, no, 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 no. I, I know Jared is into Vader and Palpatine being naked and stuff. <laughs> but no. um, it, it, what was interesting to me was just that it says that um, he is trying to heal himself, which, again, you know, that does even tie into the sequel trilogy with Rey healing the, you know, powers and all that. But Vader, he does heal himself or part, or part he, I don't know what part he's trying to heal but he is able to, he does it successfully. And as soon as he does, I guess he feels some excitement or joyful about being able to do that. And then it says that he, it kind of cuts his connection to the dark side. So there we have like the, I think the little bits of, of, uh, of story that lead to him to his redemption arc in the last movie, right? Now that, in, yeah, that's, Return that's, of the Jedi. that's a really good point because I don't think the book dwells on this too much, but in that section of the timeline, you've got that fine line between does Vader want to find Luke to corrupt him and overthrow the Empire and rule the galaxy right. himself? Or right. because he's very specific, Luke's to be taken alive. He. That's his whole yeah. thing in this book is Luke is to be taken alive. Yeah. Um, so is it that he just wants the power or he's just found out he's got a son and yeah, does that, does that light still exist? Is this the, is this the slow turning back to the light of Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's something that I think after the original trilogy was, you know, has was done, and, and with all, all these ancillary stories, um, that, and especially within the Vader comic books, that I, th- I, I, Vader to me in the movies is present is not as, um, is fairly two dimensional as a character to me, uh, especially like in in uh, it's he's just like I mean. He's just a bad guy, and like he's he's formidable. Jose, and everything. Jose could see my eyes taking offense, then. <laughs> no, I know, but it's just like he's he's a he's. I mean, and that's just how bad guys were back then. Like they they don't try to present a lot of like turmoil in him, not as much in like in 
in um in a new hope or in in empire strikes back like he's just he's he's evil right but in the comic books this darth vader comic books what i've really liked about them and why i find them like you know i really like the vader being portrayed in there because they show all these nuances and all and all this um that there's a lot more happening behind that mask and there's like there's a, a particular uh there's a panel in one of the comic books where he's just like i think it's in the latest uh vader run that he is looking out a glass window and he's thinking about luke and then the glass window shatters yeah, because that's, or like cracks, uh, right? The same scene was shown in the the same arc of the first Star Wars run. So that's the 2015 Vader and the 2015 Star Wars run. The same panel is shown yeah. in each, I think. Because yeah, and it's but it that's pure rage, I, I think. Yeah, it's it's rage, but it's also but it shows that there's there's a lot of there's a lot happening in there because he's like he's he's struggling, right? He's not just like out there to kill or whatever like there's just i, I mean i to me i i see it as like there's there's a lot more happening inside of him and he and and he can't control it like there's so much that it comes out which you know is going back to our kylo ren episode the thing that i find so interesting about him is that sometimes he can't control his own power and he, he you know he rages out and has to like you know like goes on that tantrum because there's just so much feeling inside of him. So like seeing that panel for Vader to me was kind of similar where he's like, there's so much in him that it just like comes out and like, and it's, it's not as calculated. It's just raw power. But I I think that's, um, I think that's interesting in itself is that, you know, your, your view on the movies and, and rightly so is that you, you can take Vader and Luke as, archetype stereotypical hero villain characters but because i've got all of this that i've read since day one i yeah i can't look at a single scene of a movie without knowing all this other stuff has been written so for example yeah there's i'm gonna throw a very very random example at you right now so let's talk about the, the carbon freezing scene from Empire Strikes Back. Okay? Yeah. We, we all know what happens. But in my yes. head, I also know the story of the Ugnaughts that happened to catch it on camera because they were written in a uh, Wizards of the Coast online thing. And the fact that there was a little girl who witnessed the whole thing and then eventually got rescued by Lando in order to escape off the city because that came from Galaxy Guide 3 or something. Little girl lost. And the yeah. fact that the clone hand uh, ended up on the Emperor's Wayland facility. I I can't see these things without yeah. knowing all these other stuff. And that applies to the prequel yeah, yeah, trilogy because yeah. that's been, you know, that's what, 20, 30 years old now. Sequel trilogy doesn't have the same hit because it doesn't yet have all that material. But eventually, I won't right. be able to look at that stuff in the same way <laughs> without knowing yeah, all yeah, yeah. this ancillary baggage that comes with it i don't see the movies as the movies anymore it's just so much more to me i can't we've talked about doing a watch along and just right pausing and me talking (laughs) so that guy his history is this and yeah yeah so one of the bits for my research that i did uh but we haven't spoke about is a, a tiny little reference article called um, uh, 
it's just like a criminals of the underworld or something and there's a one-shot drawing of Shizor with Boshek. Now, Boshek is the guy that Chewie is talking to who introduces Chewie to Obi-Wan Kenobi in Mos Eisley Cantina. He's the guy in the spacesuit. Now, he's had a couple yeah. of his own stories. Uh, but there's this panel of uh, Boshek having presented the Dancing Goddess statue, which is this bright green uh, statue that appeared in a couple of the Marvel comics but was also in the solo movie as a background prop <laughs> and i was like ah. I, I didn't know how to introduce this to me but introduce this to the show but it's yeah. those all those random elements like i can look at boshek and go oh yeah he's the guy he had this whole story in Re uh, the rebellion comic and he had this thing with she's on a statue and i can't watch the movie yeah. without knowing this stuff and i i honestly wouldn't have it any other way yeah no i mean it's i mean that's 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 what we do in utv right we we try to present all this other uh material and 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 give it as much weight as the movies um but yeah i mean that's like with with this one particular scene for vader as as a way to connect right this this whole project is in between these two movies so obviously it has to somehow try to lay tracks that perhaps were not as clear in Empire for to to present what's going to happen or what does happen in um, in Return of the Jedi. So one of them being that Vader is starting to turn or starting to show signs that there is a light within him, and so this one particular scene is is I mean it's interesting to me because of that and also just because of the whole healing factor, which starts to also tie into some of the powers or force powers that we start to see in the sequel trilogy so there's just like all these like little things that i'm like oh hey yeah there's that and, it, and if so. they were, were going to remake it i think that's one of the plot points that they, they could lean into heavier like the main plot points out of the book are luke becoming a jedi because you have to show right. the difference between empire and return of jedi you have right, to show that. right. Like when he comes back in, all all dressed in yep, black all, and has a new cast, saber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to show you have to show Leia's love for Han because yeah. there's a big jump between what we see in Empire and what we see in Jedi. Right. You don't see a lot of what we're talking about with that bridge of Vader's arc. Right. Outside of a Luke and Leia plots, what you mostly see are Black Sun Empire machinations. Yeah. The things that happen in the shadows of the Empire. Exactly. So the and that is... <laughs> oh, go on. And that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think uh, we've talked a lot about all this random stuff, even just things that you hadn't properly researched. So now I am very curious. Um, what, do you? What is your batshit crazy book of the week, man? Because with a multimeter project like this, I don't know what you're gonna bring up. So what did we say it was 1996? So we're talking 1996. 25 years ago. I'm gonna talk about yeah. a book that came out. This year? Maybe last year. I'm not too sure. And that is the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge official Black Spire Outpost cookbook. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
So, and how does this tie into a project that happened a long time ago? So we've got the Galaxy's Eggs thing going out uh, a long, long time in ago. Disney parks now. You know, you can go and order proper Galaxy's yeah. Eggs food. They brought out this cookbook. And the reason I own this, by the way, is not because I'm a great cook. I'm not. But there is a fictional foreword by a fictional character. Therefore, it belongs on my okay. shelf. And that's that, and that's, that's why you love that stuff. That, that's, that's the, the kind of stuff you, love. you know, it's, it's three pages in universe. I have to buy it. But yeah. on page 51 of this book, one of the recipes is for a Caesar salad. Uh. Not a Caesar <laughs> salad. It's a Caesar salad. And it, that's amazing. It needs to be said. Rumor has it that it's got its peculiar name. From a feline prince turned crime lord. But I'm pretty sure, wait for it, here's the kicker, that's just a legend. Oh, clever, clever. I but, you know, legends can come true. Exactly. And they do, every day. Oh. Amazing. Um, question, I mean, just because now, because of that one statement, has uh, Shizor, so been canonized at all do you know yes i'm 100 percent that he has i cannot give you the details but i'm 100 okay. percent sure that he has been canonized all right well i think that uh that about covers it um for today uh i do want to say that i was counting how many times you said uh shizor it's <laughs> <laughs> only a couple right uh, only a couple I think I Only right. about four times, actually. I counted about four. Okay. So you did pretty good. I must have said the name uh, like listeners... 450 times. <laughs> so listeners, uh, if you do want to go back and listen to the episode and tell me if, how many times <laughs> you did say Shizor versus I mean, Sizor instead of Shizor, uh, let us know. And you can do that on our Discord. Uh, we have a channel on our Discord where people can talk about anything in our um, in a you know, in our episodes. And you can also just drop in any questions, suggestions for topics and whatever you want. You can, uh, if you're not part of our Discord, go to utini.com slash Discord and click the Join Now button and head on over there. And, you know, there's, besides our channel, which, you know, probably the best one in there, but there's a whole <laughs> bunch of other channels discussing, you know, the current run of Bad Batch and any TV shows that are currently airing, um, all the books that are being released and just also did continue talk where people just talk about any random things not not even related to star wars necessarily but there's just a lot of really it's really active so definitely go join that if you haven't um if you have any other questions or suggestions besides uh hitting us up on discord you can also look me up on twitter and that i am at the joxy there and trev what about you I'm at Davy Todd on Twitter, or again, we'll just we'll just be in the Discord. Yeah, we'll be on the. And uh, yeah, so the next uh, time for our next episode, we're gonna be talking about toys. So yes, actual, if you do want toys, come on, let's let's give us some yeah. context. So we're having yeah, give us some context. We're having Frank on, who he's not massively active in the in the Discord. He's not been on a massive amount of uh, podcasts with us. He's my Irish. Release gauge your timeline buddy from over in Ireland. We asked him, come on the show. Originally, we were going to talk about either the new Jedi Order or Wraith Squadron. We said to him, 
what do you want to talk about? He said, let's talk about the Kenner toys from the 70s. So that's what uh. we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So if you guys, like, have any personal stories about, you know, just anything that uh, regarding sto- the, your own toys or how you were first uh, introduced to the Star Wars toys or, or you collect them or whatever, you know, give us a, send us a little message or something and we might read it out loud in our show. All right, Travel. Thank you for <laughs> for joining me today and talking everything that uh, is Shadows of the Empire. Thank you all to our to the Patreon members and for supporting us. And thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is it for today. So, radio out. There is no hatred, there is joy, there is no division, there is union, there is no apathy, there is passion, there is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.